boy, but the Holy Spirit is here and it's real. That's the God I serve, amen. Oh, my. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. I thank God he said we need to go into the house of the Lord to worship, amen. And, um, you know, God has blessed us so much. And I want to ask you, how, how's the mighty warriors doing today, all right? Huh? Come on, say amen. You know, I keep telling you, you're a warrior, you're a warrior. You got to get that in your mind and realize it, and then you begin to act like it out in the world, because Lord knows we need warriors in the world today, amen? We need people who aren't afraid to stand up and to move out, begin to get into the trenches, get on the battlefield, and begin to fight the good fight. You know, uh, there was a good election that took place last week. Anybody pay attention to that? I think the people are finally saying we're fed up, we're tired, and we're going to start making things right. You know, I've been praying and praying and praying for our country. God begins to put Christians back into places they need to be. And uh, that includes government. You know, for so long, people thought that Christians shouldn't be involved in government. But if we're not involved in government, then how are we going to, how are we going to make things happen that God wants to happen? So we need to be in there, and we need to be involved. We need to be praying. Even if you don't like the president, you still need to pray for him. There's hope for him, amen. There's hope for me. There's hope for him. There's hope for all of us who don't believe him. So, um, you know, I've been talking. I've been prepping you all. We've been talking about making disciples. And we're not going to have members in this church. We're going to have disciples. And the reason for that is disciples is a little bit more serious word. You know, you can be a member of a country club, you can be a member of this or a member of that, but when you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, that comes with serious connotations, amen? That means that, that we're going to saddle up, we're going to armor up, we're going to go out and begin to fight the good fight. And, and so, I've been praying about this since I started, and I, I think at the beginning of the Christian year, which is the beginning of Advent, I'm, I'm going to take in our first disciples. I've been telling you all to pray about it. Seek God about it. If you're serious about doing it, then we're going we're gonna to start to make that move. Uh, I also talked to, uh, been talking to some people, and they, a lot of people need some, need some kind of guidance and encouragement about going out and, and, and being a witness in the world. You see, it's easy to come in here and worship the Lord and, have a nice cozy prayers and, and all those things, but it's a whole lot harder when we step out that door. How do we witness to those people around us that are out there on the fringes and in the margins that are hurting and broken and, and just need a special touch? How do we witness to them? So I got uh, this thing. I figured out, is that my PowerPoint or is that the Scripture? Put my PowerPoint up there. I want to go through my PowerPoint. There's a couple of things in my PowerPoint first because I got tw 12 things I want to read. It should be open. There it is. Shaping and sharing a vital faith is going to be the series I'm going to be preaching up to, to when we take in the disciples. Title of the sermon today is, Are There Any Unspoken Prayers? Are there any unspoken prayers? There's 12, uh, I, got, I put this scripture up here because this is a powerful scripture, but this is, if we're going to be disciples of Jesus Christ, this is the first thing you, you really have to do for, whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall save it. 
Now, church, I'm telling you, we can either walk in the world or we can walk with the Lord. Amen. And when we lose our life to the world, we, we save our life for the Lord. Amen. And that's where you got to be. You got to be sold out. And I thank God, when I got saved, you know, me and Kim had a discussion, and I said, I'm going to be sold out. If I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it all the way. Ain't going to be no half-stepping. I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. And so as disciples, we have to be sold out. As, as warriors, mighty warriors, we got to be sold out. And, you know, I, I thank God every day that, that I am a mighty warrior for the Lord. I've been a mighty warrior, and I'm going to continue to fight the good fight. I'm not turning back now. I've come too far. And, and so... I want you to think about that a little bit. Oh, man. The old devil. Click that up there, Kathy, would you, one time? You're going to have to stay on your A game up there now. <laughs> Twelve affirmations of faith that I, want to, want, I feel that our church needs. Amen. The, which must be shared if a church wants to share faith experience new life, and reach the unchurched. First, it is God's intention to use the church to reach the world for Christ. Amen? Can I get an amen there? All right. Second, every church is to be involved in this task. Every church, not just our church, but every church in the body of Christ should be involved in this. God will provide the way for us to be faithful. Do you believe that? He'll provide the way for us to be faithful. The church does not exist for itself, but for the unchurched. Listen, the church does not exist for us, but for the unchurched. We're here to make disciples of Jesus Christ. We're here to go out into the world, to the highways and byways, to the edges, to the margins, to the people that are broken, the people out there that have unspoken requests, and to be alert enough to know that people need something. Amen? Number five, there are fundamental shifts which must occur in our self-understanding and practice if we are to reach out effectively. So, amen, there's got to be changes take place in us continually. You can't just be happy where you're at. I don't think Jesus ever let anybody around him be happy where they were at. He was always pushing the disciples. And we need to push ourselves as disciples of Jesus Christ to keep moving forward, to get out of our comfort zone and begin to be what God called us to be. The agenda of a congregation needs to begin to reflect the needs of the unchurched, not the churched. What needs do we have in our community? What needs do we have out there that we need to begin to direct our focus to? In order to effectively offer Christ, we must be willing to sacrifice entrenched ways of being and doing. It's not about you. It's not about your way. It's about God and God's ways. Amen. When we begin to realize it's about God, things begin to happen. When we get ourselves out of the way of holding on to that, that old stuff that keeps us down, you know. Oh, I can't go out there. I can't do this. I can't do that because, you know, I just don't feel comfortable. There was a guy, he said, preacher, he said, he said man, I, you know, I don't have to worry about sharing the gospel with anybody because... All my friends are Christians. I said, really? He said, yeah. Well, I think you might need to get some new friends. Amen? 
You can't just hang around your clique all the time and expect to win souls for Christ. We got to go out there and get in those inroads and begin to make friends with people that we might not agree with. Amen. That, that we know might not be living right or doing something right. But we're going to love them because they have an unspoken request. Whether you know it or not, everybody out there in the world today, everybody's struggling. And all kinds of people have unspoken requests. But the problem is nobody's listening. Nobody's hearing them. We need to start listening. We need to get out of our self-sacrifice and begin to sacrifice for the Lord. Unchurched persons can offer many gifts now for the church. God's grace is stronger than our requirements, often operates even before we realize it. Do you believe that? God's gifts for us will operate even when we don't recognize it or understand it. And when, uh, whenever God takes over, you don't have to worry about it. Say, so, well, preacher, I don't know how to talk to people about Jesus. Or I don't know how to do this. The Bible says if you just step out and you get to that uncomfortable place, God will give you the words to say. God will give you the words to speak to that person who's struggling. You know who they are. You know those ones out there that are dealing with issues in their life and are struggling. They don't know Jesus. You know by their continents. Man, when I get around Christians, I can feel power, amen. I can feel the anointing of God. The worship was awesome this morning because the power of the Holy Spirit moves. When we cry out to God, God hears us, God listens if we're only faithful. We must be open with regard to our motives, letting the love of Christ constrain us, not the fear of extinction, amen. As one guy said, hey, he said, preacher, I worked on this guy, and I worked on this guy, and I worked on this guy to get him saved. And he said, you know what? He got saved. But he said, I lost him. Well, how'd you lose him? He said, he went to the Baptist church. You didn't lose him, amen? See, the problem with the church today is we don't understand we're a body of Christ. All of us churches who believe in the Word of God and are doing what God calls us to do, I don't care where you go to church. I don't care where you worship as long as it's a Bible-believing church. Amen. I want to see you in church somewhere. Make me happy. Tell me you're going to church somewhere else. I don't care. I never have cared. I am not in a battle with another church or another denomination. I'm in a battle with the devil. Amen. And when we begin to realize that we're kingdom people fighting the same fight, we're going to begin to start to kick the devil's rear end. Amen. That's what it's all about. Feelings of insecurity often lead to growth, both personally and corporately. Do you ever feel insecure? If you haven't, you're not where you need to be. Because when you're doing work for God, you're going to feel insecure. When you're out there in the world around people who don't know Jesus, and you begin to open your mouth and share Jesus Christ with them, you're going to feel insecure. But let me tell you, don't worry. God's always with us. If we're going to grow a church for God, we're going to have to do these things. Stepping outside our walls will be required. You can't stay in here anymore. you got to get out and do something. The crucified, Christ crucified outside the gates calls us to journey to the outside to be fruitful in ministry. The message from the margins will be essential to our discovery of new life. The message to the people out there that are struggling we can come in here and get all cozy and we can pray and pray and pray and pray. But if we're not going out there and doing what God calls us to do, witnessing to those people, loving people that you don't know, even if they are struggling or if they've got issues, you know, I don't care who you are. 
if you're looking for love, if you're looking to belong, you'll gravitate to anybody who'll love you. You hear what I'm saying? That's why people are drug addicts. That's why people were goth. Anybody around here, you don't have that much anymore goth. You remember the people who were goth? They were black. And when I went to seminary, I, I seen a guy wearing, you know, he used to do it. And he, we got to talking. And, and I said, well, why did you do that? And he goes, because they accepted me. We became friends. They loved me. That's why he did it. You see, people want somebody to love them, church. We're that somebody. You see, if we can't love people out there, then we really need to step back and take a look at ourselves and say, what are we doing in here? Because we need to love everybody. So those are the kind of the 12 things we're going to try and build the church on to, to make people understand we got to get out in the world. And we're doing a good job. Don't get me wrong. We've got a lot of ministries going on within the church and without the church. We got a lot of people that, that are meeting Jesus, a lot of seeds that are being sowed. You know, we got the radio ministries and the podcasts and people see our preaching and, and we got the, the uh, mending hearts and we got to celebrate recovery. But there's more to come. God wants every one of us to be involved in something. Your faith is vital. Do you understand? Your faith is vital about helping save souls, pulling souls from the from dead. Our faith's vital. So with that, the 12 affirmations, I'm going to preach this a little bit. Was I preaching there? Sorry about that. That don't, that don't count as my 20 minutes, right? All right, I'm going to read the scripture today. And I had the title as Unspoken Prayers, but it's, the title is really, Are There Any Unspoken Requests? And I'm going to read from, from uh, Matthew, the fifth chapter, starting at the 24th verse. But before I, I start to read it, I'm, I'm going to bring you up to speed where Jesus was at. Jesus had went, went to the other side of Gazarene, and he's seen a, a, a demon there. He's he seen a man named Legion there. And he healed that man. Man had many demons. Legion means many. Had many demons and he healed him. And the people were so scared after they seen the swines run off the cliff, they told him to leave. We don't want you around here, Jesus. We don't want you around here because you're scaring us. You see, a lot of people, church, when you get around them and you really got the anointing of the Holy Spirit on you, you might scare them a little bit. But don't be afraid. If you love them right, they'll understand that this is the love of Jesus Christ. And things will happen. Then he gets back, and there was a man named Jairus there. He was a ruler in, in, at the synagogue, and his daughter was almost at death. And he came to ask Jesus if he'd come and heal him. So this is where we're at now, as Jesus is walking to their house. It said, and so Jesus went with him. A great multitude followed him and thronged him. They were all pushing in on him. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. And when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if, I only, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed 
of the affliction. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that his power had gone out of him, turned around into the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, pushing in on you. You say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to him, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of all your afflictions. Amen. May the Lord add the blessing to the reading of the word today. The unspoken requests. I want you to think about that today, these unspoken requests. Go ahead and click another. Click it again. It went back somehow. Okay, you're with me now. Click it one more time. There you go. So, you know, this woman, she, she had a, a real issue. She had a real problem with what was going on. You know, church, until you've really touched, until you've had that spirit touch you, you might be out there in that unspoken request area. You know, guy went to a, an eye doctor, and the, and the eye doctor said, if you can't see the E, we have a big problem. Anybody been to the eye doctor? What's the E? It's the big one, right? That's kind of like the church today. If we can't see the E in evangelism, we got a big problem, church. You see, I like Jesus. I love Jesus. But Jesus drew the people. And, And Jesus was healing the people. And all kinds of things were happening. If we just have faith to believe. There was a guy, Evan Flowers, and, and he was in church, and they were all cutting up. I don't know if y'all ever been to church and been with the, with the boys when you were teenagers or, and cutting up and everything, and, and he, was, he was in church, and this preacher was preaching, and he finally asked, is there anybody that has a need, any unspoken request? And, and he didn't hear. He said, what did he say? And one of the boys said, he said, would you all like to stay for pizza? And he said, yeah. So he said, the next time he says it, raise your hand. He says, is there any? And he raised his hand. And they all started laughing. And he said, one of the boys said, I'll give you $10 if you go up there when he calls for people to come up and tell him you want cheese pizza. So he figured he was in trouble now. He might as well just go on, make $10. And he asked, is there anybody willing to come up here and let me pray for him? And he raised his hand and he went up. He said, that preacher reached out and grabbed his hand. And he said, when he grabbed his hand, it was firm. And he said, I know that you have some unspoken requests. And I know that that Jesus can take care of them. At 15 years old, he got down to that altar. And he accepted Jesus Christ into his life and he changed his life forever. You see, church, when we really begin to step out 
and we really begin to recognize who Jesus is in our life, when we really give Jesus all of us, he changes who we are. I, I thank God every single day that this is a challenge for us. This woman, she'd been sick for 12 years. Can you imagine? She'd been sick for 12 years. She'd spent everything she had on, on uh, all the cures and everything, all the physicians. She spent it all, but she got worse. Now, you think about that for a minute. 12 years, she tried everything. I guess she got the news Jesus was coming through town. I guess she got the news. Click that again. I'm sorry, this clicker. I'm going to get a new clicker. I grant you that. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd, touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. All she wanted to do was get close enough to, to touch his garment. You see, church, a lot of times we, we want to touch his garment, but we can't get there. A lot of times the church will keep us from going. Think about that. You had all these religious people gathered all around Jesus as he was walking, you know, trying to get something from him. And this woman's trying to push through the crowd and they're trying to keep her out. Sometimes that's what happens in church if we're not careful. We become so inward in our relationship with Jesus that when new people try to come in, if they don't fit the bill, if they don't look like us and act like us, we'll, we'll try to push them out. When we should be bringing everybody in. And she was determined, though, let me tell you. She wasn't giving up. She was going in there, and she was going to touch the hem of his garment. Man, have you ever been to a point in your life where you've been struggling like that? And you, you just needed to hear something from the Lord? Have you ever been sick and struggling? Do we hear those prayer requests? Do we hear those unspoken requests? There's all kinds of people out here, church, that need a touch from the Lord. They don't know how to get it. Half of them anymore don't even go to church. Some of them have been raised from families that quit going to church and their family quit going to church. And now we got kids that don't go to church and they don't know anything about church. And most of the time they're scared to death when they get around people from church because they've seen all these crazy things on TV. But you see, when we really begin to love people and we really begin to reach out to them, things begin to happen. When we reach out to those strangers that are struggling, when we reach out to those people who, who need a special touch, have you touched the hem of his garment? Maybe there's somebody in here today that's got an unspoken request that hasn't really said it or hasn't given it completely up, but they want it to get taken care of. Click that again. Jesus realized that once that healing power had gone out of him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? Can you imagine the disciples, everybody around? And you, you could just imagine all the people pushed in to, to get to see Jesus and maybe get a touch, maybe a healing. There was all kinds of people wanting something from Jesus, you see. Now, whether they love Jesus or not, hey, if I can get something from Jesus, I'm going to get it. If I can get a meal, I'm going to follow him, I'm going to get a meal. If I can get healed, I'm going to get healed. 
And the disciples said, how in the world do you think you're going to tell who touched you when everybody around here is pushing in and touching you? But Jesus knew. He knew. And he got to look around. And his disciples said to him, see it, the multitude? I already said that. One more time. And he looked around to see the woman who had done this. But the woman, fearing and trembling, aware of what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. Church, I want you to think about this woman for a little bit in Jewish tradition. First of all, she wasn't allowed to be around people because she had an issue of blood. So, she didn't belong. Can you imagine not belonging for 12 years? Can you imagine people not loving you because you had this issue of blood and you were unclean, therefore you had to be away from people, you couldn't touch people, you couldn't do that? Can you just imagine how she felt? She got to the point where she lost all hope almost. And then when she heard Jesus was coming, if I can only touch him. See, touching him made Jesus unclean. That was a very serious thing to, to the Jewish people. Because when they became unclean, then they couldn't do anything for so many days. But Jesus didn't care. Jesus didn't care at all. And she touched him. Are we listening to the unspoken request? Do we hear them? The woman, she just wanted healed. You know, there came a point in my life where I realized that it, I just, it's not fun anymore. I, I'm missing something in life and I don't know what it is, but I need something different. Have you ever got to that point? And you wondered what it could be. And the whole time, you know, our hearts, I really believe that God puts something in us to yearn for him. Even when we're not with him, even when we're walking on the wild side and doing all the crazy things, I believe we still have something within us, within our hearts, that seeks something that we don't understand. There was a class, and this lady brought in pieces of colored glass. And they were all different colors, and he gave, she gave them out to people, and she's reading scriptures. It was a covenant class, and... And then she took up the glass. She put all the glass in a box, taped the box, and she walked around for the next 15 minutes, and she dropped that box. And we hear this breaking. She'd walk around a little bit more and drop that box, and more glass would break. And she dropped that box again and broke more glass. Then she had a scripture, and she left. The next week when she came back, said, behold, all things are new. She uncovered this picture that her husband had made with the glass that was broken. It was a picture of a cross with the sunrise behind it. See, all that brokenness is kind of like our lives. Doesn't matter what's going on. Don't matter how broken people are. They can still be put back together. All things become new. Aren't you glad all things are new? 
I'm so glad when I wake up in the morning, I don't have a hangover anymore, amen? I'm so glad when I wake up in the morning, I can think clearly and I can praise God and I can look around and say, how blessed am I, Lord? You've given me everything I've got. I work for it. Nobody gave it to me. I live in a beautiful home. I drive nice vehicles. God blessed me with that stuff. Before I lived in the world, I drove junk and lived in rented places. But after I became saved and accepted Jesus, Christ, the blessings begin to roll. Hey, you should be blessed. Don't let anybody lie to you and tell you that you shouldn't have a blessing. Don't let anybody lie to you and say you shouldn't have good things. That's a lie from the devil, amen. And you know, when we begin to realize that it doesn't matter our broken edges, it doesn't matter where we come from, it doesn't matter what's happened to you, all that matters is Jesus Christ. See, that's what the, the, the woman with the issue of blood, that's all that mattered to her was Jesus. If I can just get to Jesus, if I can touch him. Man, I'm telling you. He said to her daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be free from your suffering. Woo, your faith has healed you. I tell you, the day I accepted Jesus Christ into my life, that mustard seed of faith, I was healed, amen. I was healed forever. I thank God I claim it every day. And, you know, I just give God the praise because I'm getting older, whether you all can tell that or not. And, you know, for a long time, you look at the up. You don't worry about getting old when you're, that's right, all you back there in the young whippersnappers, you can smile. You don't worry about that stuff while you're going up. Once you hit that 50 and you start going back down, you start figuring time. Oh, my. I might live 10 years. I might live 20. Right? But thanks be to God, it doesn't matter now. It doesn't matter. I'm going to go to heaven. I got a new address just waiting on me. Jesus said he went and prepared a place for us. Well, it doesn't matter. Whatever it is, whenever it happens, let me tell you, if you're still here, I just beat you to heaven. Church, I'm telling you, there's people out in this world today that are struggling. There's people out in this world today that are broken, that are hurt. They don't think they can get any help. They don't think Jesus loves them. They don't think we love them. They don't think they belong to anybody or accepted by anybody. That's the people that we need to begin to minister to. We can go hang around all we want to with each other, but are we inviting other people? One guy, he lived beside of a, uh, a neighbor. For two years, he lived beside this neighbor, faithful Christian, went to church every Sunday, every Sunday. This neighbor, they invited him to the dinners, and they invited him to the barbecues and to the picnics, and they talked about racing, and they talked about sports, and they talked about this, and they talked about that, and and the church couple left. They moved out. Next family moved in there. Ask him if they'd like to go to church with him. He lived there all that time. Never asked him one time if he'd like to go to church. He's seen him go to church every morning. Every morning. Seen him go to church, but never, even though they fellowshiped together, they did all kinds of stuff, never invited him to church. How can you do that? That's what's happening. People are afraid to talk to people about Jesus. We got to get over that fear. We got to get over it. Are there any unspoken requests? Now, I want you to think just for a minute right now of maybe somebody 
who lives around you that's struggling. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a friend. Have you shared the love of Jesus with them? Have you invited them to church? Now, I tell you, I talk to people all the time, and I'm not afraid to ask them if they're going to church. And they'll say, well, preacher, I'm not going to church anymore anywhere. And I say, well, won't you get in church? God's got a plan for you. God's got a plan for every single one of us. God wants to make our life beautiful again. I look back when I was a child, and you know when you're a child, you never worry about nothing, right? I mean, we ran in the woods. Our woods was our playground. We rode horses, and we carried on. We never worried about anything. These kids today, they got Corley. How old's Corley? Three? She can manipulate a phone and an iPad better than I can. I mean, they got all access to all this stuff on the Internet, man. They're, they're, they're you know, they're, they're just, it's unbelievable the things that, that they're held to now, the standards of people. You know, I, I'm not worried about what people think of me anymore. All I want them to see is Jesus. You hear it? Did I go that far? Didn't. When I got done. You know, when everything's said and done, what are people going to say about you? When everything's said and done, what are people going to say? Are they going to say, oh man, he had a nice house and a nice car, he had everything? Or are they going to say, they told me about Jesus? I don't care what people see. All I want them to see is Jesus. I don't want to become a multi-millionaire. I want to become somebody who leads people to Jesus. I want to see people saved. I want to see miracles. Man, when I go to celebrate recovery and people come for the first time sometime and they've never shared something with somebody and they said we feel so comfortable that we could share this. You see, when you really get to know people, when you really love them with the big L, not the little L, but when you love people with the big L, it begins to change them. They begin to realize that they can be accepted. There was a boy when we were young. Any, anybody when you were young try to play a sport or, or go to the park and try to play a game of pickup or something and they wouldn't pick you because you couldn't play very good? Huh? Anybody ever been there? This boy, he, they called him Brick because he couldn't hit the basket. You know, anybody's a basketball player here? Well, if you shoot a basket and you don't hit the basket rim, they call that a Brick. Well, his nickname was a Brick, and most of the time he didn't get picked. You know, most of the time they'd pick everybody else and he'd get left sitting on the bench. Well, this, this, this guy came to play one day at the, at the park, and, you know, they were... They, they begin to notice, they go, hey, he was a star in high school, and then he got to go to college. He's playing college now. Let's go talk to him. And they went down there. They said, hey, would you play basketball with us? And he said, sure. He said, sure, I'll play basketball with you. So they said, okay, you, you get the pick, and this boy here is going to pick. You all pick teams. So the first pick the guy picked was Brick. Everybody's like, he picked Brick. <laughs> 
the worst town of Egypt. And he said, when Brick got out there and started playing, he said he started running faster, jumping higher. He even made a couple of baskets. He said he didn't know what happened to him. I'm going to tell you, church, when we finally accept Jesus Christ into our life and we get picked and put on that team and begin to walk like mighty warriors, there's nothing you can't do. Do you hear what I'm saying? There is nothing that you can't do. The problem is in the world today, they want to drag us down. They want to keep us down. There's nothing that you can't do. I can't imagine that woman when she said she felt that healing. You hear what I'm saying? She felt the healing. She knew she was healed. She also knew she did something wrong, but Jesus didn't even care, did he? Your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you whole. Church, I'm telling you today, your faith will make you whole. But you got to believe. You got to have faith. I thank God you know, God's challenged us to get outside the cozy church and get in the trenches and the battlefield. Them kids are making too much noise over, I'm telling you right now. No, I'm just kidding. We got to get out of the church and get on the street. Every day when you leave your house, you need to pray, God, just start out with one person. Put one person in my life today that I can speak Jesus to. Just one person. And I promise you, Lord, I'll invite them to church or tell them they need to go to church or help them to find a church. See, this is kingdom work here, church. This is, this is not a denominational thing. This is not, not me. It's not about me. It's about God. When we begin to get our, our sights off of ourselves and get them on God individually and corporately, that's when we begin to grow as a kingdom. You know, as we get ready to close, there's so many unspoken requests. But you know, the problem is, a lot of times we're not listening. We're around them, and we see them, but we'll walk right by them. You know why we'll walk right by them? Because they're probably struggling. They might have an addiction. They might be having some kind of problem. You heard a story about them. Boy, the gossip's real, ain't it? Man, people start gossiping. There'd be all kinds of stuff going on. I refuse to deal with gossipers. I will not listen to that mess. You know, as a church, people want to belong. Amen? People want to belong. People want to be accepted. I thank God one day people accepted me. Oh, you know that smells, boy. He was a hellion. Yeah, I know all about him. He's lucky. He's alive today. He should be dead. I know what they used to talk about me. They don't talk like that anymore. You see, because I've proved that I love the Lord. You see, when you really accept Jesus Christ into your life, when you're really chosen, when you really begin to be belong, when you're accepted, things change in your life. And they change for the good. You know, I, I love you guys to death. And, and I want to see a moving of the Holy Spirit like we've never seen before. And I believe it's coming. But it's going to take disciples. You hear what I mean? It's not going to just be a few people that are sitting in the church praying, oh, Lord, please come quickly. Please come quickly. It's not going to happen like that. It's going to be us out in the world sharing the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. So as we get ready to close today, I want to ask you, are you where you need to be?
you know that these unspoken requests, they're real. And, and we hurt inside. We hurt for people. We hurt for things going on in our country. Everybody counts in Jesus' eyes. Every single person in here. But you can walk your whole life and ignore it. You can walk your whole life and not accept Jesus Christ as your true Lord and Savior. And you can do your own thing and be miserable your whole life. Or you can choose the Lord. You know, what purpose is your life? What's the purpose of your life? Is it just to do what you want to do? Or is it to do what God's called us to do? Because when we really find out what our purpose is, which is serving God, serving the kingdom, man, great things begin to happen. And God begins to heal people. And we begin to see miracles and signs and wonders. That's what the Bible says, follow my people. Are we his people? We are his people. We can claim the scriptures if we only have faith to believe. When you get to the end of the road, to the end of the day, what are you going to be able to say? I've did my best, Lord. I'm ready. Or are you going to say, Lord, I, I didn't understand. I didn't get the point of all these people going to church and worshiping God and, and telling me about Jesus. I didn't understand why they did that. You know, there's going to be a lot of people get to the end and they're going to be sad because they haven't done what they should have done. Not that they, the Lord won't accept them in if they ask for forgiveness of their sins, but they've missed that opportunity their whole life to serve the mighty God. You know, I thank God every single day that I get to serve God, that I get to make a difference in the kingdom, that I get to see souls pulled out of hell. You hear what I'm saying? I get to see people who were drug addicts on their way to, to death accept Jesus Christ and begin to start ministries, begin to start preaching, begin to go out and do things they've never done. I get to see people who are good people their whole life but never really knew Jesus Christ. You can be a good person your whole life and go to hell. I know a lot of people that are great people. And they say, well, I don't want to go to church because all them people's a bunch of heathens. They don't believe in God. They're just in there just trying to, trying to make a show. That's not true. We're in here trying to do the best we can to, to build the kingdom and then to go out and fight the good fight. So as we get ready to close, I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you're struggling with. But I do know that God can take care of any issue that we have. Just like the woman with the issue of blood, 12 years she tried everything, spent all of her money, did everything she could. She finally touched Jesus. You want things to change in your life? Are you struggling with something? Do you know somebody who's really struggling? Do you want them to have a life of change? Begin to pray for them earnestly. Begin to share the love of Jesus Christ with them. And I'm going to tell you, you'll break down those barriers. You'll break down those barriers. One last story before I close. When we moved into Parsonage, there was this finch up, up in Sutton between the houses, and the houses wasn't four foot apart. And one day I asked the lady next door, I said, why is that fence there? It was an old nasty-looking fence. And she said, there was a pastor there who had 
served at the church, and she said that there was a lady dying of cancer right beside her in the next house. Never went over to look at her. But we couldn't stand looking at the house over there by the gates. Church, I'm telling you, we need to stop building fences and start building kingdoms. Because that's what it's all about in the end. There's not going to be a select group of people up there with different denominations and things going on. It's going to be the body of Christ, whoever believes. So as we get ready to close today, I don't know, maybe you need to come. Maybe you need a touch. Only you know that. Maybe you want to come pray for somebody that's really struggling that you know. You can do that too. You know, the, a lot of people think the altar, oh, this is where the sin is, and if we go up there, they're going to think we're sinners. That's not what it's all about. This is just a place to come and to get in that deeper relationship with God. You can do that anywhere. But when you do it here, I think it's more personal. Amen. So as we get ready, John, I know you have a song. I'm going to just invite you to come and to pray. The unspoken request. Do you have one in your life? Do you know somebody that needs your prayers? Whatever it might be. Would you come and pray with me? Shackled by a heavy burden Neath a load of guilt and shame Then the hand of Jesus I met this blessed Savior, and since He cleansed and made me
Stand and sing that. He touched me. I was coming to, coming to church this morning. I was singing that song, and I was going to tell you, see if you could play that song, and you just started playing it. Thank God he touched us, <laughs> amen? He touched every single one of us. I love y'all so much. I just looked at my clock, and I said, that thing can't be right. But anyway, you know, thank, thank God for his mercy and grace. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Lord, I just come to you thanking you for each and every one that's here and those that are on Facebook and all the different medias that we get into. Lord, if for somebody out there that doesn't know you, let them know that they belong. Let them know that they can be accepted. All they got to do is ask, dear God. Most of all, Lord, let us know we got to love people. Help us to love people unconditionally like you did, Jesus, so that people can feel that touch, that anointing of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, we just give you the praise right now. We ask you to touch each and every one in this place, Lord, as they go through their week. Lord, anoint them to do great things. We want to hear stories about people getting saved and starting back to church and lives being changed, Lord, because that's the God we serve. We thank you and we claim that. Forgive us where we fall so short sometimes, Lord, and we'll give you the praise and glory always in Jesus' name. We have crosses, too. If anybody needs more crosses, you let us know. Amen. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the 